Let us stand that God's blessings might be invoked upon these gifts, all things.
Jesus Christ. And God, that your word says, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Paul said, I want nothing to know among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. We thank you for this Lord's Day. We thank you for the ministry of music. We thank you for our church. We thank you for your people. We thank you for your praise. Now, God, speak to us through your word. Convict, convince, if need be, convert. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap for our choir. Come on. Good. Praise Jesus for stand, uh, musicians. We thank God for all of you. Praise the Lord. God is an awesome, awesome God. Now, it, now this is this is summer months. They combine. So I hope they stick around for another season. Praise the Lord. All right. God is good. You guys sound great. And I'm proud of all of you. Amen. For surely the harmony coming out of that choir is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise Jesus. This morning, as we come back, we're going to challenge your hearts around the subject from pressure to praise. From pressure to praise. I'm in the book of Job. Job is just before the book of Psalms, and Psalms is in the middle of your Bible. So if you don't know any books, just go to the middle and open it up. You should be in Psalms. If you go to the middle of your Bible and open it up and it's not Psalms, you got the wrong Bible. All right, so go to the middle, open up, and then the book before Psalms is the book of Job, um, the book of Job, the book of Job, and we thank God for Job. Job chapter 23 is our text. When you get to say amen. Very familiar portion of scripture, verse 10. But he knoweth the way that I take. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, God knows all about me. Mm. When he hath tried me, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, God going to allow some stuff to go on. <laughs> I shall come forth. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm coming out of this stuff as gold. All right. Praise his name. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. There is a peculiar plot for the people of God who suffer pain in the providence of God. 
this providence or pro-video in the Greek is where all circumstances are prearranged, all conditions are programmed, all conflicts and comfort are pre-measured, and everything dealing with the blueprint of your life has already been predetermined. God has already finalized all blueprints. And here in this context, this is where adversity becomes an advertisement for God's faithfulness. That God allows us through his omniscient wisdom to fall into things that may hurt us initially, but ultimately will work out for our good and his glory. If you've been tracking my preaching over the years, there's always an immediate, the immediacy of God's will, which is always replaced with the ultimate of God's will. You cannot be in the immediate and judge God because the immediate leads to the ultimate. And when you understand that God is too wise to make a mistake, when you understand that God does not need your or my input in order to make us come forth shouting, that God has a plan for the ages. And one of the things that amazes me about this book and this text is that God proves to us that his pathways are ultimately for our promotions. Can I get a witness? That's why Job, that's why Job, Job, Job in this text is saying, uh, Amen, in verse 10, but he knoweth. He's not trying to figure it out. He's not guessing. He already knows the way that I take. He knows all about me. He knows my downsitting. He knows my uprising. He knows me from afar off. He called me from my mother's womb. He sanctified me. He pulled me out. He saved me. Amen. And, and through the prophet Jeremiah, he says, I have plans for you. Plans of good, not of evil, to bring you to a desired end. Not your desire, his desire. Desired end. And we know that all things are being worked together for the good, for them that love God and them that are called according unto his purposes. That the book of Job is one of five poetical books, and I didn't enumerate this morning, I will now, five poetical books, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastics, Song of Solomon, and of course Job, they're all poetical books, meaning that the poetry that God gives through these books is wisdom, insight, discernment, understanding, knowledge, that when we trust this all-wise God, we always come out triumphantly. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and when we begin to look at the disclosure of God's absolute wisdom, one of the epithets that, that is associated with Job's name is just this, amen, that 
um, the, the Bible talks about the patience and perseverance of Job. And we're going to look at that from James chapter 5 without turning there, that when we begin to look at this book, the plot thickens. It begins with strange things, strategic, secret, sovereign things, struggle and strengthening. And Job is drawn into a chess match between God and Satan. And listen to this, he has no clue, no communication, no immediate cover, no comfort. He is just left, listen, only with his inner confidence. It is called integrity. When everything else has been shut off and there's no indication that God is for you, what is left in you? And it's that inner confidence that carried Job through to the end. Even when his wife suggested, why don't you just curse God and die? And, 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 and none of us have been through what Job went through. He, he uh, you know, the text deals with uh, his faith, his family, his finances, his fractures. When we look at the book of Job, he lost 10 children all at once. He lost his health. He lost all of his finances. He lost everything. Dogs was licking his wounds. And without any clue to what was going on. See, we have clues. We can go home and open the word of God and be reminded of the promises of God. He had no word. Do I have a witness? He had friends that turned on him. He had families that turned against him. His own wife said, curse him in God. He said, woman, you speak like one of the foolish women. One of the foolish unsaved people. He says, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed. Be the name of the Lord. It's in this context that at this precarious time, we see a great biographical sketch of a patriarch. Now, let me, let me, let me stop Paul's apart and deal with this word patriarch because the book of Job, amen, is not so much chronologically in biblical order. Job lived after the flood and before Abraham, plug him in. We know this because he lived to be 140 years old. After the flood, God said, uh-uh, I'm stopping life at 120. So he lived at 140 years old. And secondly, his riches were measured by his livestock, not by silver and gold. And then third, we see the word Chaldeans in this text, and the Chaldeans was around when Abraham was here, and we, we see Job mentioned in Corinthians, we see him mentioned in Ezekiel, we see him mentioned, of course, in James, the book of James. So somewhere around the Tower of the Babel of 11th chapter is where Job lived and existed, and, and, and James gives this great epithet of Job. Here's what James says, don't turn. It says, amen, you have heard of the perseverance of Job and how, listen, and have seen, listen to this, the end, that's the key, intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful, and Job teaches us some practical, powerful lessons 
Why do the righteous suffer? That is an age-long question. Let me, let me stop because I know you guys are super spiritual. I'm not. Sometimes when I'm going through, the question comes up. If God really loves you, why are you going through all this? Why when you pray, there's no answer? Can I get a witness? What is, what is up? Are the promises only for certain people? I'm preaching now, though. Haven't you ever felt like questioning what you heard about God? The fact of the matter is, is that the book of Job not only teaches us that the right, why do the righteous suffer? But it teaches us that bad things can happen to good people. All in the providence of God. Because people are falling, because people are fractured, because people are failing, because people are frustrated, does not mean they're in sin. Bible says just the opposite. The world who's prospering is going to hell. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be envious against the workers, Psalm 37, of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and withers the green herb. We learn some powerful principles here. First, and I want to say there, there is a, there's a test of conflict, a tutelage of criticism, and a, a conscientiousness of God's comfort. I want to kind of matriculate through these things because let's go back to the first chapter of Job, amen, and understand the significance of this book. First, we see the grounds of an unusual test, conflict. Now, when you look at chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 is pretty much dealing with his family, his faith, yeah, his faithfulness, and right around verse 6 to 210, we'll start dealing with his fracture. Let the word speak to us. There is a cosmic warfare going on. We see his conflict. Conflict. I, I don't know how you do with conflict. We don't always come out smelling like a rose in conflict. We as believers must learn to live. I didn't say, listen, listen, listen to pastor. Don't take this notion because you saved there won't be any conflict. Don't think in your life there won't be any conflict. Believers in Jesus Christ will go through conflict every time and every day. Jesus told his disciples, he said, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. But he also said, in this world, you're going to have tribulations. Didn't he say that? Every day you live, there's an antagonism against you because of me. 
Do I have a witness? Don't expect society to embrace you. They won't. Don't, don't expect the unsaved who are going to hell to want to be with you. They won't. Once you start talking about Jesus Christ and walking in, by the principles of Scripture, there is an antagonistic point of view against the church. Can I get a witness? That's why Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Conflict. Conflict in our faith, conflict in our families, conflict in our fractures, conflict in our finances. We, we are just like Job. Conflict. You know, I can, I can say this with lightheartedly now. Sister Gordon and I always talk and laugh, you know. When we got married, I thought, I ain't getting no witnesses out here yet. I thought it was going to be all blitz. You did too, baby? I thought, I thought, I was looking for love on a two-way street. I'm preaching now, Pastor. Are y'all getting this? I thought. That marriage would answer all of my dilemmas. But it bought some more. Are y'all praying with me? You ain't got to say amen. I know you got to go home. But look at this. Don't we have some conflict? Now, now, I'm only dealing with outside conflict. All of us got inside conflict. James says, where all is hell coming from, James? James 4.1, is it not coming from within you? You had hell before you got married. Before you met your husband and your wife, you was full of hell. And you thought that by getting married, the hell was going to go. And you found out more hell came because they bought their hell and mixed it with your hell. And y'all full of hell because hell was in and hell was out and hell was up and hell was down. But see, all that hell made you reach for heaven. Can I get a witness? All, all that hell made you start reaching for heaven. Jesus. I'm drowning. Save me. It's tight, but it's right. I can't sit up here and say that. I can't sit up here and say that Sister Gordon was all my problems. 95%, but not all of them. Don't worry, baby. You're all right. The devil is a liar. Check it out. Check this out. Whew. Notice the strange. Verse 6. Now there was a day, now don't miss this, when the sons of God, angels, came to present themselves 
before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. Now, you will see this verse nowhere else in the Bible. It tells us that angels have access to God and angels have an accountability to God. That should stop the dualism in your theology that God and Satan is fighting it out. There is no fight. There never was a fight. Satan is a prince. He's got some power. God is king. He's got all power. Can I get a witness? Uh, are you praying with me? That, that, that these angels had to present themselves before God and Satan had to come with them in an accountable way. Look what God says to these angels as they come to him and the Lord said unto Satan, where are you going? Where, where are you coming from? Then Satan answered and said, to and fro in the earth. Now notice this meeting is in heaven. They're presenting themselves in heaven, but uh, Satan says, I've been in and out of the earth, walking up and down in it. What are you walking up and down in and out of the earth for? I'm looking for a so-called saint to sift. Ah. I'm looking for a so-called saint to sift. Now, I, I don't have time to develop this thought, but listen. In Luke 22, Jesus came to Peter and said, Peter, Satan hath desired to sift you. Why Peter? Because he was the lead disciple. To sift you as wheat. You know what Satan is after? Your faith. He wants to destroy your sense of faith. And here's what Jesus told Peter. It's not going to happen because I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And, and, and when you are converted, Peter, when you come to the knowledge and the understanding to let the Holy Spirit in charge, feed my sheep. Feed them what? Feed them faith food. Every time we come together, our faith ought to increase. Every time we have worship, our faith ought to increase. Every time we read the word, our faith ought to increase. Why? Because faith cometh by hearing hearing by the word of God. So there's a, there's a strange gathering here, but then verse 8, there's a secret. And the Lord said unto Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there's none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one the fear of God, that you of evil. So automatically in verse 8, the secret is God is putting Job's name out in front of Satan, and Job don't know anything about it. Maybe your conflict, maybe your attacks are because God is bragging about you. Maybe God is inviting warfare into your life. Look at the strategic in verse 9. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job, now put your name there. Put your name there. Whatever your name is, put it in verse 9. Are they fearing you for nothing? See, here's the accusation of Job against all of us. I mean, here's the accusation of Satan against all of us. Is Raymond Gordon serving you because you got hedges around him? Is he serving you because you're taking care of him? Is he serving you because he prays constantly for you to bless him? 
Remove the hedge. Now, now hold it, hold it, hold it. I don't have time to just listen. Right this morning, you and your kids got a hedge around you don't have to believe that. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. That, that sounds like a hedge. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. That sounds like a hedge. Can I get a witness? I've been young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. That sounds like a hedge. Nor his seed begging bread. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. That sounds like a hedge. Uh, I have plans for you, plans of good, not of evil, to bring you to a desired end. That sounds like a hedge. Look what Job is saying. I mean, look what Satan is saying. (laughs) Verse 10, has not thou made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Has thou blessed the work of his hands and the substance increased in the land? But now, look at Satan's Uh, 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 accusation in verse 11. But now put forth thine hand down and touch all that he has and here's what these so-called St. Matthew's Baptist Church saints would do. The ones that sing the loudest, the ones that shout the loudest, the ones that preach the loudest, the ones that amen the loudest, they will curse you God to your face. Let me move that hedge. <laughs> the strange, the secret, the strategic. And then God becomes sovereign and says in verse 12, okay, Satan, I'm going to remove the hedge, but you cannot take his life. Satan said, got you. Test number one. Let me attack his family. Let me attack his finances. Let me attack his fractures. Let me attack everything but his life and see what he now will say. Hmm. Some of us get bold and talk big when there's no adversary. Some of us tend to be fruit inspectors of others when there's nothing coming against you. There's an old adage from the military, there are no atheists in foxholes. That when you get in foxholes and the bullets are flying, you know who the Lord is. Can I get a witness? Brother Gray was in Vietnam. Brother Gray told me, Pastor, I told the Lord when I was in Vietnam and bullets were flying, Lord, just get me out of this. Didn't you say that? Raise your hand, brother. Didn't you say that? Just get me out of this. And I'll serve you all the days of my life. He's been serving ever since. In the name of Jesus. See, child of God, the practical principles in this text are powerful that we have to learn in conflict to trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And whatever you do, don't lean to your understanding. 
Why does God allow conflict in the lives of Christians? I mean, let me give you three reasons why. First, so we will learn it will help us to confide in God. God's got to drive us to himself. Confide in him. Not in your own understanding, not in your own strength, confide in him. Lord, I can't handle this marriage. I need you to step in. Lord, I'm struggling with raising my kids, my teenagers. I need you to step in. Lord, I'm struggling with my own sense of self. I need you to help me. So we will confide in him. Secondly, God allows conflict so that we will be conformed to his image. Trouble will transform you. Trouble, 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 trouble will transform you. If I'm sitting up here today talking about I can't stop fornicating, I just can't stop it, I can't stop it. And I go to doctor and get examination, next time you do it, you're going to die. I stopped it. <laughs> it just stopped. Are y'all getting this? The next cigarette, you just stopped. You just, you just stopped. The fact of the matter is, is that God wants to conform us to his image. He's not pleased with the way you are, the way I am. The third reason for conflict is not only to confide in God, conform to God, but listen to this, to crystallize his will. As long as Abraham was out of the will of God, he, he was just a nomad. He was just traveling with no sense of direction. He went down to Egypt, got into trouble. Sometimes God will allow conflict to drive us right smack dab into his will. Hallelujah. Thank God for the GPS, the guidance system he has. You know what? When you're in the will of the Lord, as God is guiding you, you have peace. Do you understand that? When you all over the place, you don't have peace, God's not guiding you. You're guiding yourself. Amen? Hanging in with me. We all are subjected to what? Conflict. I don't always do good with conflict. Neither do you. Can I get a witness? So, so often we lean on our own understanding, don't we? Hmm. Now, uh, yes, yesterday I, w I was up in Cherry Hill. My wife and I were going in some went in a furniture store just to look around, and I got this thing. I don't like people meeting me at the door and following me all over the store. I, I, I just, I just, I don't. You know, say say hello if if you need any help. Yeah, don't be how you doing and following me. I, I gotta. How, how many y'all know what I'm talking about? I gotta. I walked in this store and, 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 and he stopped following me and I said, you ain't got to follow me. I know my way around. <laughs> so this guy says, are you here to see? He a salesman. You here to see me? I said, no, I ain't here to see you. I was getting ticked off because it's like they just follow everything. I, that, it just, I, can't, I can't take it. So my flesh started coming out. I said, Lord, help me, Jesus. I uh, 
before somebody say, oh, Pastor Gordon, how are you? I got just, just, just. Or I go in the restaurant, and my kids get upset with me. I go in the restaurant, and it looks like they want to sit you right in the middle of everybody else. And there's seats over here with nice views, but they want to crowd you all in together. And, oh, God. And everybody in that section is colored. No, I, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't forward that. I can't. I just, I just can't forward. I can't forward it. I can't. I can't forward it, Bruce. 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 I'm sorry. I. I'm from I'm from the '60s. I I, I can't, can't do it. So I be saying I don't want to sit with them. I want to go over here. <laughs> Y'all pray for your past. I'm all messed up, man. In the name of Jesus. Man. You know why you laughing? You know why you laughing, don't you? Aren't we just like? Well, sir, that section is closed. I can buy that. But once you sit me, nobody else better not go in there. I can, I can buy that. It's, it's closed. Oh, God, I got, I got issues. Y'all pray for your pastor. So, Satan leaves the presence of the Lord, verse 12. And then verse 13 says, now there was a day. Now, here comes all of Satan's attacks from his family to his finances to his fractures to his health on Job. And before you start with 1-6 in the 2-10, the first test Job passed. So chapter 2, verse 1 is the second test. And he said, ah, okay, he passed that one. But now let me touch his body. Let me deal with his health. Let me let dogs lick his wounds with an incurable disease. So the test just goes on and on and on. And child of God, you and I daily must go through conflict. It's how we handle our conflict. We have to trust him with our conflict. We cannot come away leaning to our own understanding. There may be some secret meeting that God had with Satan that you know nothing about. Maybe God was bragging you up for your faithfulness. And, and, and so, and so he, he first, we see the grounds of his conflict. Now, let's be honest. It's therapeutic. How many of you think you do good in conflict? Just raise your hand. I just, just, one. That's about right. Preachers, how many of y'all do good with conflict in your lives? Okay, that's about right. We don't do too good in conflict. Deacon back there on the back row, lying. Uh, we, we, don't do, we, don't, we don't do too good. I know he lying because when he come to court, he'd be talking about his wife. Yeah, she all on there. We don't do good. We don't 
don't do too good with conflict. Jesus. But here's what I want to bring to your attention. I, I, I got I to move, got to move. We move from the grounds of an unusual test to a grilling of an unfortunate trial. Here's another thing we got to live with, criticism. Learn to live with other people's criticism. Because other people will pull up and they will judge you by their standards. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Job had four friends, and it's interesting how Satan works best <laughs> through the ones closest to us. When all this happened to Job, there are three cycles of accusation against Job from his so-called friends, and I don't have, in fact, most of the book is those three cycles. From chapter 3 all the way to chapter 37, we see his friends taking shots at him. People will take shots at you. Now, there may be some, there, there may be some truism to some of the amen criticisms, but learn how to trust the Lord, transfer stuff to God, and chill out when other people are criticizing you. When people are criticizing you, they don't like themselves. That's the first rule of thumb. That's the first rule of thumb. And we need to stop being so critical of one another. And we are critical. Husbands, wives, church folk, we are critical. We have to learn to accentuate the positive before we dare talk about the negative. How about the 20 things the person does good before you get to the one thing they do bad? How about, just how about that? Just how about that? And, 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 and it's here, it's here that Eliphaz, chapter 4, his conclusion is that Job's troubles is because Job has sin and God is chastening him. Interesting. Well, guess what? We all sin. If God's chastening rod is predicated on us sinning, we getting beat day and night. Can I get a witness? Uh, 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 not only Eliphaz, but hang in there. I'm going to give you the chapter. Zophar, chapter 11, he urged Job to repent. Chapter 25, Bildad how can man be righteous? Job, you're unrighteous. Elihu, the youngest one, hang in there, chapter 23, proclaims God's justice and include that Job is self-righteous and Job keeps proclaiming his goodness. Now, there's three cycles of these arguments, three different cycles. Here's what I want to leave with you about criticism. From God's perspective, when you criticize somebody else, 
Their assessments are incomplete. You do not have all of the information. Jesus said, if you have not walked in their shoes, be careful before you open your mouth. You don't have all the information. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the news all the time, and I know because I did top secret work in the military, if you don't have all the intel, you're just guessing. The president has intel the journalists don't have. Are y'all getting this? So when he makes a statement, well, I don't have a strategy for ISIS yet, and you jump on that like he's doing something wrong, you don't have all the intel. You don't know what's going on. CIA comes in and briefs the president. Security Council briefs the president. He's got all this top secret intel that the nation don't know anything about. Are you getting this? So when you sit back and take a shot at somebody and you don't have all the information, it's called sin. I'm preaching. Well, you know Susie May left her husband. You ain't got all the information. Can I get a witness? You, you know, you know, you know, uh, yeah, you don't have all the information. So you need to shut your mouth up, stop the diarrhea, amen, be quiet, because you don't have all the information. Before you can take the toothpick out of my eye, get the two by four out of your own eye. I'm preaching now, Doc. I'm preaching. The second thing is that their accusations are hypocritical. When we attack others, we're really pointing at ourselves. Are y'all getting this? Remember John chapter 8? The woman caught in the, what Roy? In the act. In the act. In the what? In the act of adult. It wasn't speculation. They pushed the door down and she was there in the act. And they brought the woman out to Jesus. They didn't bring the man out. And I'm going to tell you why they didn't bring the man out. I'm going to tell you why they didn't bring the man out. They, they brought the woman out to Jesus and threw her down at Jesus' feet. And looked at Jesus and now Moses said in the law... She committed adultery. We ought to stone her. But what do you say? Jesus was writing on the ground with the finger of God who put the Ten Commandments on the side of the hill. Can I get a witness? We don't know what he wrote, but somebody speculated he was probably writing the name of the women they had been to bed with. Nefertaria. <laughs> So Jesus stood up. I love this man. He said, all right, boys, y'all caught her in the act. Yes, Moses said that. But let him that is without sin cast. I'm preaching now, Doc. I need a rock. Let him that is without sin cast. The first stone. If you want to stone her, pick the rock up and throw it at her. And the Bible says 
let the Viagra crowd. They, they start going out first. The old heads start going out first. Old heads were saying like Jacob's, my God today. It's going out. And then the younger men put their rocks down. But let me tell you why they put their rocks down. Because Jesus said, let him that is without this. In the Greek, there's specificity. This sin, all y'all done had her. But let him, Lord have mercy, that is without this sin cast the first stone. How you going to judge me for something you've done? Or thought about doing it to the degree that you did it? Oh, I'm preaching now, Doc. Lord have mercy. Mm. Folk want to accuse you of things they already did. I have no room in my life to ever be accusative or accuse people of sin. I don't have that luxury. You know why? Because I committed too much sin. And God forgave me all of my sin. Can I get a witness? I, I was a dirty, no good, low down, sinning dog on his way to heaven. But God! who's rich, I'm preaching already, in mercy. You know what mercy is? Grace is love you don't deserve. Mercy is not giving you what you do deserve. Here's the third reason. And here's the most profound reason. Your accusations were not driven by the will of God. So what you're saying about somebody else, God didn't tell you to say. You told yourself to say it. You became a judge in the sight of God. But nobody became a judge over you. Are you getting this? We got to be careful. Where, but, but criticism is a part. I, let, let's listen. I've been here 28 years and I've been criticized. I've been criticized. You live with it. You live with it. And, and I don't get excited. I mean, I don't like to hear it, but I don't get excited. I think the pastor, God bless you. At least I'm saying God bless you. That's groove too. But, but, but you, 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 you have to understand that people are just smarter than you. <laughs> but God ain't called them. People know more than you, but God ain't called them. And we have to learn to live with criticism, listen, and not let criticism overtake us. You got to do what Job did. Give it to the Lord. Can I get a witness? Amen. Give it to the Lord. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord. I ran into a member that was across the street in 1987 when I came here, a lovely lady. And I was in the store and I said, well, look at here. She'd been gone for years. And I hugged her, kissed her. I said, baby, you know, how you doing? Da, da, da. She said, and, and I didn't ask her why she left. I just, you know, she said, 
She said, Pastor, I watch you every Sunday night. Period. That's it. That's it. You cannot let what people think cause you pain. Can't let the cause you. You can't even let what you think cause you pain. Well, Pastor God ain't no good. Amen. <laughs> Here's how you stop your critics. Laugh with them. And no, no, no. Tell them you're right. You're a dog. But you know what? All the time you're talking, God's blessing me. Can I get a witness? I tithe. I go home at night. I read my Bible. I praise the name of Jesus. Can I get a witness? The Lord's blessing me. You're the one living in frustration. I ain't fooling with that. And, 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 and typically, the ones we hold hostage are innocent. There's something else going on inside of you. Oh, I'm preaching now. Can I get a witness? You know all that hell's coming from? Deep in your history. Can I get a witness? You sat up there and watch your mother uh, chase your father with a hatchet and, and, and you, you, you know, come on now, throw lie on his face and all that. And then you come in church and come up the aisle. Now you, you suffering from all this stuff in your past and you're too prideful to say I messed up and I need help and I need counseling and you're in denial and you got all these issues and you got guilt going on because you done labeled every time Dick and, and, and Harry and Charry and Carrie and, and you got all this stuff going on. So you start shooting at people. Can I get a witness? Child of God, listen to me. Listen to what pastor's saying. You got to learn that when folk criticize you, say, thank you, Jesus. Count it all joy. Can I get a witness? Praise the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, in season and out of season, when they take a shot at you at work, say, praise the name of Jesus. I'm just happy that I'm worthy enough to suffer for your name's sake. And you ought to have a reason for why you believe and a reason for standing still in God. My God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Coming in for landing now. Not only conflict and criticism, but God was orchestrating a conscientiousness of unexpected triumph in this poor's life. What do you mean by conscientiousness? Look at this. Turn to Job chapter 38. We're closing. Job 38. What a book. What a book. After three cycles of criticism from his friends, Job 38, Job start getting weak. Job start countering about his innocence and wondering about where God was. So in Job 38, we see the supremacy of God in verse 1. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? My God! God shows up and says, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, gird up your loins. And he begins with creation. Where were you? 
when I threw the cosmos out into nothingness. When I put the sun and the moon and the stars up without hooks and they are on a permanent shift and they're never late. Where were you when I fastened the earth, Lord have mercy, at its foundation? Where were you? When all the rivers flow into the ocean and yet the ocean is not overflowed, where were you? When the ocean can only come up so far and it's got to run back. That's wisdom. Where were you when I could see a black ant on a black hill on a black night? Where, where were you when the whale can swim in the liquid corridor and the eagle can fly in the trackless air? Where were you? God said, I'm infinite, you're finite. I'm supra. You're inferior. And, and child of God, where were you when I created rain, snow, light? Where were you? And when we start questioning the will of God, God has every right to interrogate us. Can I get a witness? Where were you when I drew you out of the world? When I snatched you out of hell with smoke still in your garments? When I put a new song in your mouth called praise? When I put you on a street called straight? You didn't seek me, I sought you. I called you out of your mother's womb. I sanctified you. I, I glorified myself before you. I changed you. I transformed you. I led you. I was faithful to you. I was faithful to your kids. I was faithful in your marriage. I was faithful in your finances. Who are you? When you fell asleep at night, in a, in, in a stupor and, and I'm the one controlling your blood pressure I'm the one controlling your breathing and your exhaling and your inhaling and I'm the one keeping the blood warm and I'm the one waking you up early in the morning I'm, I'm the one starting you on your way where were you? he moves from a supremacy to a sovereignty so Job gets to chapter 42 can I get a witness? After God has interrogated him. And Job says in verse 5, I had heard of him by the hearing of my ear. See, that's a testimony. But now in all this hell I don't went through. See, that's a test. Now I've seen him. Can I stop, pause, and park? It's not until you see Jesus that you really see yourself. And when I saw him, I abhorred myself with sackcloth and ashes. The reason some of y'all pimp around the church are prideful, because you ain't never seen him. When you see him, you can't stand yourself. When you see him, you gotta go down and praise his name. When you see him, you gotta thank him in spite of you. When you see him, you know he's all worthy. Can I get a witness? He said, I pour myself in sackcloth and ashes. Can I get a witness? But then God brought his supernatural solution, his restoration. Do I have a witness? Joe's end was greater than his beginning. His prosperity was greater than his pain. His faith was greater than his fractures. See, when God shows up uh, at the end, he puts more in that was in there before he came. Can I get a witness? So when Job says, and when I come forth 
In other words, I'm in hell hurting him, but I got hope in my bosom. We are coming out of this. I don't care what's going on in your life. God's going to bring you out for his name's sake. Can I get a witness? And when, I said when, I said when, I come forth. Can I get a witness? He knows the way that I take him. I will be like gold. Can I get a witness? Well, gold is rich. Gold is minus and reduce of impurities. You got to keep dipping gold. So impurities come to the top. Can I get a witness? But gold resembles glory. In my mess, I'm nothing. But God knows all about me. He knows the way that I take. And when I, when I, when I come forth, I'll be like gold. Say yeah, I'll be cleansed, I'll be consecrated. Say yeah, he's worthy, 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 worthy. Say yeah, the Lord is my light, the Lord is my salvation, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. down our feet. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I always tell people this on their deathbed, it's not how you start out, it's how you end up. Can I get a witness? If you're here today, you need to be saved. And everybody in church ain't saved. You need to be born again. You need to give Jesus Christ your life, believe me, die for your sins, was buried and rose again. Just put your hand in there if you want to be saved. If you want to be saved, born again, blood washed, blood bought, put your hand in there. Be honest with God, he'll be honest with you. In the day that you hear my voice, harden not your heart. So if you want to join the church, raise your hand. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? Father, in the name of Jesus, help us in our daily lives to deal with conflict, criticism, and a conscientiousness of God. For truly you are who you said you were. You're King of kings and Lord of lords. And we can do nothing without you. Lead, guide, and direct us. Bless every family on the sound of my voice. Remember and comfort Marguerite. Strengthen us where we're weak. Build us up where we're torn down. Give us a sense of your presence. In spite of our conflict, we will trust you. In spite of criticism, we will transfer things to you. And God, the conscientiousness of mind, we will be counseled by you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you for Job, who said that life is short and full of trouble, chapter 14. But then he said, you know the way that I take, and when I come forth, I'll be like gold. In Jesus' name. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. Not, glitter, not glitter, but gold. Pray for your